Gringo, bingo, babidi doo. All right, I guess when I say bingo, you say bongo, bingo. Bongo. All right. Who's, hey, Ryan, Let's who's do, your friend that yeah. likes to play? Bing bong. Bing bong. Heck yeah. Who's the friend that fades away? Whoa! Bing bong. No! Bong. You stop that right now. <laughs> That's a cold open. <laughs> can we do that for a podcast? Is that legal? Yeah, we can. Okay. Do you know who I am? <laughs> what? There's a lot to unpack here. <laughs> Welcome to Nothing's Perfect, I'm Jordan. And I'm Ryan. And we are here to recognize flaws in the things our world has created and eradicate them. I'm sorry for for drawing it out like that. I was making fun of you. That's right, because if we lived in a perfect world, then I'd be able to hold that for way longer. (laughs) Good, good, good. I'm glad we uh, took that in stride. Did you have another bit that you were going to do? Yeah, but that one was better. Cool. All right. We got natural flow. You can save that other one for later. Heck yeah. So, uh, Ryan, I know that we've been kind of like joking a little bit. We've been kind of joking around these past few minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, but despite that, I do actually have a very uh, serious uh, topic that I need to address um, because something has been brought up uh, to me. Something has been brought to my attention. And if we leave this topic untouched, it may be the death of us and this podcast as we know it. All right, bring it on. Okay. Um, well, it seems that in our eagerness to rid the universe of its flaws, we have overlooked a glaring and troublesome foe. Um, the world as we know it has seen a disturbance ever since the arrival of this man, a shift in the balance of our very being, an unprecedented folly of mankind that for the rest of our working lives will face us with a taunting, tantalizing disregard for every ideal and every value we at Nothing's Perfect Industries stand for and believe in. So, for a moment, I would like to speak bluntly and directly to the enemy. Stop it. Just stop doing that thing you're doing you are getting in the way of important work adam conover of adam ruins everything and if you think that you can undermine our authority then you have another thing coming every step you take we are right behind your ass to sweep up the remains and perfect eight more things in the amount of time it took you to ruin one we are a force of nature we are an entity that should not be tampered with lest there be serious consequences You think you're strong enough to face those consequences? You think you're going to be the exception. Try telling us that when you find yourself six feet underground, buried in a tomb of your mistakes, with Ryan and I standing above holding the shovels. We have a job to do, and you will not halt the revolution. Yeah! (sighs) With that being said, Adam, if you're at all interested in joining us for a guest episode, we'd love to have you. You seem like a swell guy, and I do enjoy your show. Yeah, for sure, definitely. Yeah, so with that being said, you want to get Shut into some, some Heck yeah. yeah. Heck yeah. My first suggestion um, comes from me choking on an everlasting gobstopper. <laughs> oh, no, don't do that. I'm really tempted to. <laughs> no, but um, I actually did choke on a gobstopper once. It's terrible. Um, oh, that, yeah, that sounds bad. Well, it wasn't a choke so much as it got stuck in the esophagus, but it was like still completely whole, and I was driving too. Ugh. 
the worst. On a related pot, on a related uh, transition, um, Tumblr user squabbling Harlequin uh, gave <laughs> us the suggestion: I would give up my left eye for you guys to perfect. Uh, two choices that I'm not going to go over today, but you can still um, give us your left eye if you want to, because we're going to be talking about Pokemon. Oh. Poketol monsters. Pokemon are the champions. Ooh, those pocket monstrosities. That's what they're called. I or know. in Japan, as they're known as Poketomonsta. Yep, I know a little bit about those pockets. Those pockets creatures. Pocket men. Now, now, Beesif, um, what is your what? favorite... <laughs> you heard me. What is your favorite... Nope, I'm gonna keep going with this. Okay, yeah, no, keep What going. is fine. your favorite... Pokemon or Pokemon. Sylveon. Wait, okay. okay, Sylveon. Without a doubt. Because I base my I base my opinions on Pokemon purely on aesthetic because I know next to nothing about the inner workings and mechanics of Pokemon past the most base entry level. Uh because Pokemon as an actual game design, like <clears throat> has I have ish it, it it doesn't capture my attention as much as I would like to, so I just appreciate the Pokemon from a distance. That's fair. Um, I, as um, as a lot of you might know, I'm an enormous Pocket Monster fan, man. Yes. Who loves all things Pocket Monster. And I'm really, like, deeply entrenched into the gameplay, and I know about a lot of those boys. Um, I've been trying to think, because I figured uh, why ask you what your favorite Pokemon is without being able to give a response. And for the longest time, I've had a bunch of... Um, like, you know, thoughts plaguing my mind of, like, is it Skarmory? Is it, uh, uh is it Armaldo? Is it Froakie? Is it, um, Sceptile? Is it, and there's just a lot of different ones. There's so much variety, which is what makes Pokemon so great. Right. However, I think we can transition this into what's going to be the perfection. Um, recently, I have had a revelation. Okay, what's that? All of these Pokemon are pretty neat. Like I'm, I'm not getting a lie. Pokemon are pretty cool, right? We, yeah, we were just talking pretty, about how great the they're pretty swell. Yeah, but Rockruff is the only good. Well, no, not the only good. Rockruff is the best Pokemon <laughs> by a legally comparison. And yeah, Rockruff, Rockruff is, pretty... is Rockruff is kind of my lifeblood. Um, yeah, I'm not sure if it's a phase I'm going through or if it's, it's just the truth. Regardless of the of the permanence. Of this stance you've taken, it's definitely understandable. I don't blame you. I know that having someone as opinionated towards a single pocket monster, such as myself, might be, uh, what's the word, detrimental <laughs> to this situation that we have here, because here I am as the judge, jury, and executioner of what's going to make Pokemon perfect. Right. And ideally, it would just be a Rockruff simulator. Yeah. I mean, like, I would also campaign for some Sylveon thrown in there. And that's why I'm not the arbiter. Yeah. Because then everyone else's favorite Pokemon would be erased. Actually, yeah. that's a lie, because everyone's favorite Pokemon would then be Rockruff. Yeah, exactly, because that'd be... I mean, what we're doing is retroactive. Yeah, of course. So, but I do think that... um. Genocide of Pokemon that exists probably isn't the best idea. Yeah, for probably not. It's a little, this. it's a little rude. I think a little bit, a little kind. Of, it's kind of mean. Yeah, it's a little, it's a little, it's a little mean. <laughs> so we need to come up with a better way to perfect. Um, well, we should start like we always do. What's the flaw? 
Well, here's what's so interesting about Pokemon is that right now we have two points of view in this. Someone who has been deeply entrenched with it for, oh my god, I've been playing Pokemon for 15 years. Mm-hmm. Holy crap. <laughs> I've been alive for 15 years. <laughs> but we have someone who's been playing Pokemon for such a long time, they have someone who's a bit more of an outsider's perspective and that you okay. know about it, but you're not as... so. So maybe we can kind of like throw in our our own individual two cents and kind of marry the two into one a perfect solution. So I guess it comes a point of let's let's figure out amongst each other what we would do to perfect it. Like, do should we should we pinpoint a flaw or should we? Uh, no, we, yeah, well, yeah, we we each we each pinpoint our own personal views of the the Pokemon flaw. Like, ca- capitalize each word, trademark after that the Pokemon flaw. We both have our own view of it, probably. So let's throw it in there. Um, and as someone who knows a lot about Pokemon, I'd say you should go first. First, I feel like I need to talk about the good only for the sole purpose of being able to gush about Pokemon. Right. Because um, I love it so much. Um, one thing that makes Pokemon so great is that it has the ability to be easy for someone new to understand the basic gist of it. Um, right. But then over time... As you become more and more engrossed, there there are multiple skill levels that you're playing at. There's the beginner where it's just like, hey, I'm going to be a Charmander so I can beat up a Bulbasaur. And then there's sort of a mid-level where you're like, okay, so this is sort of like a, uh, this is sort of like all these different types and all these different combinations and all these sort of things you have to do in order to trump a different type. And then you can go even further than that when you learn about like stats, EV spreads, breeding, natures, and... There's just so many different skill levels. But if there's a flaw in any of this, it's that when you're creating something that can be loved by so many people, um, you have to make sure that you have it appeal on all different levels. And Pokemon is still something that is very has a very popular and very big competitive scene. However, if you take a look at um, sort of uh, previous uh, tournaments that are hosted by Nintendo, at least, um, there is a bit of an issue balancing. In that, um, like, for instance, there's one dude who can learn any move in the game, which is a little issue in balancing called Smurgle. Right. Smeargle. So I'd say that if we're going to perfect Pokemon, we need to make sure that um, there's a lot more balance in between things. And the thing is, that's a very, very tricky thing to do for anything competitive. Right. Like, if you do anything competitive at all, if one thing becomes even, even has the slightest bit of an edge, that's going to be the go-to. Right. Um, I'm not sure how to perfect that, but maybe something from an outsider's perspective can give us some hints. I, I'm i not sure how well my own personal criticism m- matches up with yours, but maybe we can find some sort of yeah. middle ground. I mean, um, whatever you say will be valid, because a flaw is a yeah. flaw, no matter how small. Just like Horton Hears a Who. So basically, uh, my own personal opinion on the Pokemon franchise, as someone who has tried to get into it, as someone who has purchased... Uh, I think I, I I purchased Pokemon X and that came out. I was gifted Pokemon Sun from a friend. Um, I've played a lot of like uh, ROMs of like older entries in the series, like like Fire Red. Um, yeah. And I've tried so hard. I mean, like I've really tried like my best to to get into it, like as much as other people. Um, I've played so many of the games, and yet like something about it doesn't capture me. Um, and I think that part of part of it has to do with the fact that. Not to say Pokemon doesn't innovate, but it I feel like it takes too long for it to innovate. 
and I feel like it takes too long for it to do new things. Like that may that may sound weird. Like obviously, like I said, I don't know much about Pokemon past like, like a um, surface level. But mean like I, a new things from each iteration to iteration. I I don't know. I like I don't know what you mean by that. I don't know. Like like I said, I I don't know if I'm the only one who feels this way. I don't I don't know if this is like just totally me talking out of my ass and like not knowing what I'm talking about. But I I legitimately playing a bunch of different generations. Obviously, there are differences, but they're never enough to make it feel like a fresh experience for me. I always feel like, oh, hey, I'm playing the same game that I tried to get into last time and it didn't work. So why would I want to try again now? And I know that like Pokemon Sun and Moon apparently had some pretty big changes made to it. But still, I tried to play it and like I enjoyed it. it was, it's not that I don't like it. I do like Pokemon and I do like playing it. But once again, it was just a situation where it just didn't grasp me. That's understandable. I feel like it's it's definitely just due to the fact that like they don't they they don't really go outside of a specific comfort zone and and yeah. I, th- I i really just think it's because people don't ask them to and if, and obviously if, if that's if if what people want is the same formula then they're gonna get the same formula and that's rad i don't have a problem with that i'm just speaking personally i would like to see i mean they're making a pokemon game for the switch i would like to see this upcoming switch pokemon game really change some things like really upgrade the the formula and and like obviously don't exchange the core mechanics just to modernize it but like modernize the things that can afford to be modernized like like presentation like uh exploration mechanics like actual like world building like i think that personally i would be a lot more interested in the franchise if they would do more things like that if they would if they would adapt a little bit in that sense um yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that, that makes that, sense. That's the way I feel personally. Um, yeah, and uh, mind if I expand on that sort of idea that you yeah, have? Yeah, sure. What you're what you're saying does definitely make sense. Like for instance, you have um in terms of the other uh, uh video game juggernauts at the time, you have Mario who like when they, there was an innovation between that and 3D and right. like between all the different spin-offs with Link, you had them between 2D Zelda, 3D Zelda, and even then amongst the 3D Zelda games, they can feel so varied and so different yeah. in terms of presentation. And, and then, like, even recently, you have Breath of the Wild, which just took everything and flipped it on its head and, like, did yeah, something completely sure. new and was better for it. Yeah, most definitely. And um, without, without losing the core spirit of it, without losing the core mechanics and the core ideas. Like, obviously, yeah, you don't, you don't want to break away from what makes a property special. And if, if these people really understand what makes that core gameplay special then you can afford to innovate and really change some stuff but continue yeah um i mean i can't guarantee that everyone in the audience is obviously going to agree i do see where you're coming from with it it might just because i'm so far ingrained that i can see where the innovations happen but again like at a surface level they do seem very 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 same and most innovations are just sort of like something that's tacked on that you don't see until like three hours in like I said, this is definitely the opinion of someone who tried to get into Pokemon with like a bunch of different generations and just never could. Like th- this is this is the opinion of someone who wants who really wants to be a part of this like community and really wants to be a fan of the games past just like a base I like playing it level but just hasn't been able to because of this thing that's holding me back. So yeah, and 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 like I said, as someone who 
is ingrained into like the formula and like really appreciates the games as they are you probably can see a lot of the smaller innovations that that and like that kind of build on top of each other and make like the current generations different from like gen 2 or gen 3 so i understand that completely but a perfect product would not have that issue at all a perfect product is going to be able to bring in everyone now do you mind if i sort of um Chalk up because I I've been taking a look at these ingredients that we've cast out and I think I have sort of a witch's brew into what's going to make the perfect Pokemon. Yes, absolutely. Go ahead. Step one. Let's talk about what makes Pokemon special. The variety and all the little critters that you can collect. Got to catch them all. Hashtag steal your mom's purse in order to course, buy all our toys. Of course, of course. Um, even outside of the consumerism aspect of it, the sheer difference of it is just phenomenal. But the two problems that we have is one. The metagame of the competitive scene has become so finely tuned that if there is even a slight advantage towards one way, then it topples everything over. And, right. and of course, like maintaining that balance is possible, but it's very, 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 very difficult. And the other problem is that there isn't enough innovation. Okay. Simple solution. With every new generation, completely change the mechanics just complete just it's a new, just it's, completely it's like <laughs> pokemon pokemon red and blue it's a turn-based uh fun game where you have to collect all the pocket monsters generation two gold and silver that's a platformer now yeah yeah it's, ruby it's, and sapphire <laughs> is a first person shooter <laughs> diamond and pearl is a game of checkers with different colored checker pieces and then all the remakes are 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 saved to do the thing where they just kind of like do the same formula but with updated mechanics yeah, and graphics. Yeah, of course. It's, updated graphics. And of course, um, with this formula, there will be a lot more remakes. So like everyone asking for like for like an emerald remake, you're gonna get it real soon because you have to. Yeah. Otherwise, your game is gone. Yeah, of course. This is good because a it keeps every new iteration completely fresh. Right. And b. In making it completely fresh, anyone who's like, haha, I finally figured out the metagame in order to find the sweet nuances of this battle system. Next game comes out, you're dealing with a whole new platter, you gotta, Joe. You gotta do it again. And here, and that may sound like a negative, but it's actually a positive. Because you know what? That original game, untouched. You can go exactly. back, you, you can be competitive with the, with the previous game just as much as you're competitive with the most recent game. And yeah, sure, it's two different games, but guess what? You're now good at both of them. Exactly. Your, skills, your skill tree has gone in two branches. Yeah. The first entry of our, of our reboot Pokemon franchise will be Pokemon Perfect and Pokemon Quintessential. Ooh, that is nice. <laughs> <laughs> Cool. And Rockruff is the uh, mascot of the yeah, Pokemon Rockruff Perfect is the version. <laughs> Get Pikachu out of there! Get him wait, out of wait. there! No, and then Sylveon can be for Quintessential. Nice! We did it! Oh my god, we, we actually did it. Wow, nice. Yeah, okay, cool. It. The next suggestion comes from oddball.odd uh, that is at MonsterFallsAW and Marco Tyler that is at TrashyBadger on Twitter and they said Skyrim. This Dovahkiin. Wovakin, Skovanina Batsim. You did it's it. Skyrim. That's the song. That's, that's the, the song Elder Scrolls I'm singing. Dragon language. You're speaking it. It's like I it's like I'm playing the game right now, Ryan. Give me that controller. So this is kind of my time to uh to take, say, the, take the reins. Take the reins and talk about a game that I love. Now you've never played. 
Um, but you should soon. Yeah, when it comes out, when it comes out for Switch, I'll actually. Hell uh, yeah! On one hand, I want to get it for Switch, but on the other hand, I want them mods. Um, I'd say get it on the platform that's gonna run it the best. I. Well, that's conflicting, because my computer's garbage. Yeah, exactly. As someone who played Skyrim on PS3 first, the frame rate in some areas of that game was pretty garbage, but overall the experience ran much better than it would have at on my, uh, at the time, laptop and very old Windows XP desktop. Um, so I enjoyed my first time playing just playing vanilla Skyrim, because it was all new to me. Yeah, I, like, I, I, guess, it, I guess I'll just play vanilla like really, a the appeal boring of, boy. The, the appeal of mods for me is playing the game in a way that I haven't played it before. Because um, like I spent so much time on my first file of that game. I got so far. The farthest I've ever gotten in Skyrim was the first time I played it on my vanilla profile. And that was on PS3. No mods, no console commands in sight. So I'd, I recommend just getting it uh, wherever you're going to have the best experience. Mods are great. And if you can get them eventually, that, that'd be rad. But like, I'd, I'd say go for Switch. Also, it's portable on Switch. So like, that's an extra bonus right there. Yeah, that's true. But then again, almost like 90% of the time when I'm playing video games, I am lying down on a shag carpet, Listen, regardless though. of what, what is in front of me. What's important is the potential. With that being said, we do need to talk about the flaws of Skyrim, and uh, there are a few. <laughs> Sky, okay, don't get me wrong. Skyrim, I've said this before, and I'll say it many times. Skyrim is one of my favorite games of all time. It's like top five for me. I love it to death. It's, <laughs> it's not perfect. It's far from perfect. Uh, it's got some stuff in it. Um, and it's, it's weird, because thinking about it now... It's hard to like pull out like specific flaws and just say like this is the thing that's wrong with it. This is another thing that's wrong with it. It's I just will like say that I remember I saw this video of someone playing Super Mario 64 and when Mario jumped into the painting someone was like, "Wow, that's a nice Skyrim reference." Hmm. I'm trying also, to Also I also I made that up on the spot. I didn't really hear it. I came up with that joke myself. <laughs> if anyone ever tries to find the source of that joke, it's right here. And if I'm anyone to... claims it, it's mine. I'm trying to get what you mean by that, though. Because you know how Skyrim people, like, whenever they're like, I'm going to walk like a normal human being, and then they phase to the floor. Oh, 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 it's a glitch That's joke. The okay, It's a glitch joke. Yeah, 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 yeah. Skyrim definitely is very buggy um, on the base level. Uh, but, like, it, it, it was never buggy enough to break the experience for me. In fact, of course, a, yeah, yeah, yeah. a lot of bugs are very funny. Which I think adds to <laughs> it's very entertaining bugs. Yeah, um, I, I, from what I've heard, if, from what I've heard of Skyrim, um, just Bethesda in general, three, really as yeah, an there, umbrella. There are two things I know about Skyrim. One, well, three things I know about Skyrim. I think that all of them can be put towards perfecting it. One, Fusroda. Yes. Two, the bugs make it a somewhat more entertaining experience. And three, I can say this one from both. I've seen footage of this, and also I've seen... Um, have you ever seen Extra Credits? Yes, I love Extra Credits. Yes, Extra Credits actually did a video talking about this. How oh, oh, the, uh, the opening the of opening. Skyrim yes, is that's bad. Right. It's very bad. I hate it. I hate it very much. I don't like that opening, especially when starting a new profile and you're... And like, you're playing on like a like a console version that can't use mods like that yeah. that's definitely 
Ooh, it's it's not fun going through that entire thing over and over again. Right. But so may I may I may I suggest the first change? Or are yeah, we still sure. talking about uh, actual critique stuff? Okay, first change, the beginning. Instead of you just being carted away in some backwoods area with a bunch of people talking about Ergergus and Dargonborns and the great dragon Radlabala. You're close. You're getting close. It's okay. I'm right on it. Dead on. <laughs> um, just like as, as the conversation starts, everyone just starts bugging through the dirt road. <laughs> and you're taken into a realm underneath Skyrim. <laughs> And then, I think, and well, then when you're brought to the chopping block, it isn't explained. Well, no. Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. That still doesn't fix the fact that the problem with Skyrim's opening is that it's just on rails, and the only thing you're able to move for, like, a solid few minutes is your head. And that is irritating. It's unskippable. It's slow. It's tedious. And it gives you so little freedom. Like, you can't do anything until you get to character creation. And then even after character creation, you're still just standing there and you can't go anywhere. Yeah. It's, it's frustrating. So, like, right off the bat, just to have you be able to walk around. Do, like, do it right. Don't put them in a cart with their hands tied up. Like, I think, I think the way that, um, like, Oblivion, for example, did it, uh, if I remember correctly, you start off in a prison cell, right? But you're still able to yeah. move around. You're still yeah, you have to, agency. That's yeah, that's game design. You're able to move around. You're able to interact with stuff, and like you're stuck in there. Yeah, but it's not control locked. It's just environmentally locked. So it's so Skyrim starts off. This new Skyrim starts off. You're in the wagon, and it's getting a little worrisome because you're like, oh no, I'm bound. I'm not gonna be able to move. And then it clips through the floor, and. You fall through the ground, and as you're falling, you gain control of your free falling, and you're able to try and catch all of them, all the guys who are falling through the ground. You're able to exactly. try and catch them and save them from the yes. dark abyss below. Yes. And, and depending on how many people you're able to catch and save, that's like, this, this also actually would address uh, another issue that some people have with Skyrim, and it's that it was kind of the beginning of a lot of like Bethesda's turn towards like, choices that don't really matter in the long run there are some choices in skyrim that do matter but not as many as people wanted so i think starting this game right off the bat would set a much bigger precedence for like having a lot of choices that matter yeah starting it off the bat by like having people like choose who to save from the falling abyss and whoever they save affects the game for the rest of their playthrough this first decision will change their entire experience all right, well, here's, here's my rebuttal to that. Okay. Because uh, you're kind of Pokemoning this. Oh? You're basically saying, hey, here's the beginning. Here's, a bun here's three randos that you know nothing about outside of its just most basic thing. Like, you maybe right. know one thing well, about well, them well, and okay, the way that no, they it, look. Well, it's, 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 not a, it's not a case of, like, like, choosing one over everyone else. It's legitimately a skill test. You can save more than one. Don't get I mean, me is wrong. It, is it fair to give someone a skill test five seconds after they have picked up the controller? I think so. I feel like I, I think I think that it's I think that it's immersive. As someone, it, it puts you in the shoes of someone who legitimately just fell to the ground and doesn't know what's going on and is so vastly unprepared for this. But then people who are prepared, it just puts you in the shoes of someone who is prepared. 
who for some reason has in fact fallen through the ground into a dark black inky abyss before. And we don't right. judge people for that, Ryan. We don't judge no, people for I their I don't judge past anyone for that. Believe and you me. I am half in this bit. <laughs> On one hand, I really love this concept. I love this great thing we're going for here. But as a man of analysis and as someone who <laughs> likes to think that he wants to be a game designer one day, the idea of you opening up a game and then having immediately having a skill-based decision I that depends on everything. What is wrong intrigue. with you? <laughs> intrigue? Intrigue? It's to interesting. What? All right, listen. Beavis. We are Stop going to need to come names. up. We're going to need to come up with some sort of compromise here because, as a member of the Nothing's Perfect Limited Council, I cannot accept this thing that you're going for. Why here. not? Really? Why not? This fixes not? every problem that we've brought up so far. This fixes everything, Ryan. But it creates new problems. No, okay, what problems does it create? Okay, I want you to close your eyes. And imagine something real quick. Imagine you're popping in Sonic Mania. It's coming out in about a week, right? Yeah. And you're excited for it, right? I'm so excited for it, Ryan. Don't get me all. Don't get. Don't you so try and eyes, butter me close up. Your eyes. Don't. No. Now imagine, no, I'm not now imagine. falling for your vexing tricks. Imagine. Imagine you're playing it. All of a sudden, you open up to a first person shooting section. That's if not you do the same. Really, if you do really well. Okay, fine. No, it's. It's not the same thing. You are, you are, you are, you are introducing You're skydiving you, in the void. You are introducing a false equivalency to this conversation. Okay, fine, that fine, is fine, not fine, the fine, same fine, thing. Fine, that fine, is an fine, entirely fine, different fine, gameplay fine, style. Fine, 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 fine. <laughs> Let's say it opens up and it's like some incredibly glitched world with a bunch of weird mechanics that you hadn't seen before in any previous Sonic game. Okay, how's that for? non-false equivalency okay. true equivalency okay so I you play through the game and if you do if you do well enough on it you get to play as sonic if you don't do well on it if you get below a certain time you have to play as um fucking i don't know mighty the armadillo look no i can't okay, think, i can't uh, think of a first off, like objectively first, bad first off i'll add i don't think many people would mind that one <laughs> yeah but you can't play as sonic you can only play as mighty Okay, okay, listen. I get what you're saying. It'd be a it'd be a little bit it'd be a little bit disorienting, but also that's still a false equivalency for a couple different either, reasons. For a couple what, what for a said. couple different reasons. Okay. For a couple different okay. reasons. One, I'm not talking about a glitch anymore. I'm not talking about simulating a glitch. I'm talking about like like store like we mend the story, have there be a story reason for the ground to open up in a devilish hell vortex below them. Just to introduce this concept. Okay, we can do that. That's not a big deal. Okay, yes. It's not, it's okay. not, it's not disguised my, as a glitch. Do you mind if I edit my false equivalency then? No, not yet, because I'm not done. Okay. I'm not no done problem. it either. Um, you can edit no it after. I don't mind that. I'm just, I want to, okay. I want to get my own points out of the way. So here's. No problem. So that's, that's the first one. It's not, we're not simulating glitch anymore. That was the basis of the idea, but it's not the end game. It's not the destination. Second false equivalency. We're not talking about character selection. In Skyrim, through this method, you would still be able to create your character. You'd still be able to have agency over what you want to do, what kind of build of you want to do. The of only course. difference, the only difference would be the world around you, would be interactions, would be a little story stuff here and there, which is the way the game is anyway, which is the way a lot of choice games are anyway. In a lot of choice games, 
there are hidden choices that you don't know about and you're not prepared to make, at least if you're playing blind. And if you don't make those choices, parts of the game are locked off for you. That's why you play it again, knowing what you know from your first playthrough to get a better experience. That adds replay value. Okay. I am on your point, and I'm not even going to edit the false equivalencies because there's a whole lot that I did mess up in terms of false equivalency. What I'm saying is that, okay, first of all, we need to establish, let's, let's just get some common ground real quick. Okay. How much is going to be changed depending on whether these NPCs who fall into this void die? Like, how much is that going to change? So the thing with Skyrim's story is that uh, there's like a, there's a civil war going on in Skyrim. And there's okay. two there's two different uh, factions, two different main sides of the Civil War. Uh, there's right. the Stormcloaks and the uh, oh what is it the Imperials, the Stormcloaks and okay. the Imperials. Um, the thing is, in original Skyrim, you start off imprisoned with the Stormcloaks being taken to uh, to your death by Imperials. So I imagine right. that in this opening, uh, in this opening segment, there would be both Imperials and Stormcloaks in danger, and your decisions would kind of influence uh, not only the factions that have an advantage in the Civil War based on like certain leaders that maybe die in this event, um, okay. and also kind of like influence not 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 like force wise, not through gameplay, but like psyche wise and just like character development wise, like influence you as a player to pick certain sides of the war. Because in Skyrim, you can choose what side of the war you fight on. The, okay, the main quest in Skyrim has nothing to do with the Civil War, at least past a certain point. So like, yeah, but at the same I, time, I think, this this I could think, still affect it. Yeah, I think that that would hold here. I do think that like the main quest would still be more or less the same. We wouldn't be locking off like the main central Skyrim Dragonborn experience by doing this. We would just be setting the groundwork for more like under the surface choices that maybe you don't even realize are choices to begin with. It isn't going to like dramatically change the game. No, no. I mean, like it, it'll change it for sure, but it'll change it in ways that aren't frustrating and will like make it actually fun to go back and save more different people and like maybe even try and save everybody if, if you've if you've gotten good enough what i'm about to ask you um this question is more so the core of the issue that i have with what you presented okay what is the skill ceiling for this skill test because even even if even if something like this is just completely like like it doesn't even change that much Having a, if you're like picking up Skyrim for the first time, you never played a video game before, you decide you want to start with Skyrim, you're completely new to the idea of mechanics, you're new to the idea of like uh, video, what video games are like. If you pick up the game and you're immediately thrown into a skill test to a sort of system that you're completely unfamiliar with, then you're going to feel cheated. I think that, I think that the way we design this, this challenge, it, it wouldn't feel so monumental that, like, any sort of loss would be detrimental to your morale as a player. I think it would be more, like... like More like, positive reinforcement. Yeah, than yeah, yeah. Like, like, hey, you saved somebody. Awesome. Like, yeah, we lost a couple of people, but, like, you managed, like, to save somebody right off the bat. That's cool. That's cool. That makes you feel cool and heroic. Um, and I think that in terms of, like, skill ceiling, I think anyone with, like, a basic literacy... Uh, like, like overall kind of understanding of like 
movement in a 3D space like that would be able to perform adequately. Maybe someone with only basic literacy wouldn't be able to save everybody, but it would be possible to save everybody. You just have to be really good, and maybe you'd have to do it on like a second or third playthrough. The reason that I got so up in arms is because it was implied this was going to be like a a skill test. No, well, I mean, yeah, to an extent, but like... This is the opening section. Of course, we're not going to throw them into like the final boss and say yeah, like, yeah. "Oh, you didn't, you didn't defeat Alduin, the final boss of Skyrim." Uh, yeah. Footnote there. Uh, you didn't defeat him right off the bat, so now you're not going to get to say the fuss Rhoda. <laughs> yeah. No, no, that's not it. That's not what we're doing. What we're doing here, what what this new bombastic intro solves is one agency in the beginning of the game. It allows you to make choices right off the bat. And it allows you to have freedom of movement and be engaged, be actually involved in what's happening. It allows you to take part in the intro instead of watching it happen until you create a character and then continuing to watch it happen until a dragon comes and starts burning everybody. Because that's boring. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. This, this allows you to be an active part as a player, as someone who can change the world around you in the opening seg- segment. Yeah, which seems to be one of the sort of the theme of yeah, the game. Yeah, exactly. And with that, with that being said, that's a good point because this also introduces the concept that your choices matter in, to yeah. some degree. Maybe not detrimentally in, in this particular bit, but they do matter in, in the long run. Maybe okay. even small stuff. So, like, it introduces that. Um, it, <laughs> it introduces the concept of, like, crazy things happening that you don't expect. So maybe the bugs are a little bit less frustrating. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And then uh, it also uh, it, it does it, it. It makes the intro less boring in general because, like, yeah, you don't want a, a cart ride. Exactly. No, you don't want to sit there listening to a bunch of people talk about things you don't know about. If you're okay, if you're playing Skyrim for the first time, your first time playing an Elder Scrolls game, which it was for me, and you hear a bunch of guys just like, oh, Shinra, uh, Akatosh, uh, Debella, Divines, help me. You're like, hey, but I don't know who any of those people are. I th- they're yeah, maybe like, gods but like i have no stake in who you're like praying to right now i don't understand this so i'm just gonna look at this tree over here all right so i think that we just uh perfected it nice of course we have to come with some sort of explanation as to why you're falling to a bit at the very beginning but i'm sure that todd can figure that one out so todd's got our backs yeah and then like there's there's already some weird vortex magic-y stuff in skyrim so like yeah it won't be the the hardest thing to uh to kind of bullshit anyway uh what's your next suggestion uh, my next suggestion um did you say that uh ruby moody sent in skyrim no that... i said marco tyler and oddball okay well in that case i feel like an idiot because ruby moody sent in his next one also known as at steven moody or steven i don't know if the pronunciation's right whatever on twitter and they just sent a png file of ms paint <laughs> so did kill you it. hear that um they almost killed MSP? They, they almost killed it. Um They well, didn't have the balls. I, I really don't understand the situation in its entirety. The way I think I understand it, and I don't know if this is true or not, they they never planned to kill off paint entirely. They just removed it from the base windows. It was still free on the window store though. Um or or I could be wrong, and instead what happened was that they did they were going to remove it entirely, but then the outcry made them be like, okay, okay, we'll just put it on the Windows Store. Yeah, that sounds about right. I mean, the outcry definitely would make something like that yeah, happen, because yeah. MS Paint is it's, a beautiful thing. It's, yep, in its own way. 
No, it's beautiful objectively. All the innovation, and they still have never introduced layers. <laughs> I know. That's what makes it good. Okay, well... <laughs> That, we can, wow, right. you know what, Ryan? There's a lot of conflict going on in this episode. We're on like this different is, wavelengths tonight. This is the fighting episode. This, this. So how do we perfect MS Paint? Layers? That's blasphemy. <laughs> Get that out of here. No layers. I'm sorry, Ryan. I gotta advocate for layers. Well, I gotta advocate for... Um, one second. Layers! Sorry, I was reading something. It's Someone sent me an email saying, if someone advocates for layers, shove a knife into their microphone. What somehow. an interesting layer. Oh no, my microphone, Ryan! Did you say what an interesting layer? Did I say that? You said what an interesting layer. I got layers on the mine. What are you, you going to call my dad? What are you going to you gonna tell on oh. me to the school principal? I'll I'll put a layer up your dad's face. Okay, no, we're we're moving away from this one. Okay, if you don't if you don't think layers are what paint needs, what do you think it needs? Okay, listen. Now here's when I say that MS Paint doesn't need layers, I'm not saying that layers would not make it into a better art program. Contrary, I think that adding layers would make it into a much more legitimate art program that would let it, you know, people actually make good art in it. I think I know where you're going. <laughs> but if you think that MS Paint is made to make good art, then you are clearly mistaken. Yeah. You know you what? you missed the whole purpose of MS Paint. You know what? I agree. Here, you know what? I have an idea. Yeah. So the reason a lot of people use MS Paint is to make those funny little, like, Graphic design is my passion-esque pictures, like exactly, like very obviously, like objectively bad things that like are ironically good because of it. Yeah. What if we uh, introduced a feature into MS Paint that converted real art into shitpost art? I think that might be just a heads up. Might be the greatest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. Awesome. It's like it's just like a button. It's like right under like the paint bucket button. You you like you you uh you drag and drop like the Mona Lisa into it. Press the button and then suddenly, uh, what's that? Is that SpongeBob? How would he get there? Is that Kermit on the Mona Lisa? So wait, what you're saying is that we're making an we're effectively making. It, I was about to say a meme button, but that exists on GroupMe, and it's bad. Yeah, no, this this is different. This is an erasure of quality is what we're doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, so quick question. Am I allowed to have a moment where I just, like, sort of reflect on the irony that what we're doing is, um, in making this perfect, making a creation that makes everything worse? Sure. Okay. Wow. Okay. Um... <laughs> <laughs> what a good moment what a good reflection yeah, i had to reflect on that i mean all right but what here's the deal we need to talk about like the, what makes this button work because we can't just say hey it's a button there's a kermit because that's going to get old very quickly and everyone knows that freaking kermit as much as i love kermit and his wonderful tea sipping his that sort of shitpost flavor humor ain't going to be around forever right how do we rectify that to prevent it from being more dated than it already is I think that every time someone posts a meme, we upload it to kind of like a horse ebook style database All right. that that this Good convert analogy. that this convert button 
draws from and kind of like your average twitter bot combines all of these different meme ideas and and images and text things and 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 phrases and 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 chooses the best match for the image i'm not a, i'm not a computer scientist i wouldn't know the exact algorithm i couldn't i couldn't sit here and give you the formula i can just give you the idea that's what i'm here for i'm the idea boy in this in this group you're the ideas guy yeah so like th- that's the way i think it would work and and like and like it would it would kind of have like a uh like a built-in preference for database memes that are more recent so that it doesn't risk like putting a fucking like pepe next to a rage face because like that's just in poor taste that's just gonna that's just gonna blow something up yeah it's just bad that's just all, bad. all that i'm getting out of this idea right now is that we are effectively turning it turning ms paint into meme selector paint now yes. we know what the ms stands for and i think in the end isn't that truly what the last pit stop on the road to perfection yes it is all right well let's fill up with gas take a look back on our road trip and get a new topic. I, I delivered that line perfectly. <laughs> Ryan, you're so wise and full of wisdom. Yeah, we- until I completely flub a, a line just right at the end. My next suggestion comes from Luska. That is at Hugh Luska Hugh on Twitter. Uh, and they said, the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. What we have here, this is a story all about how his life got flip turned upside down. Ryan, so let's, do you mind let's if I have a, a serious minute. discussion with you? Um, yeah, I'll take a minute and sit right here. That right there was a good joke. Have you ever, um, have you ever considered, I don't know if you have, have you ever considered, uh, going into comedy? Like maybe stand up or maybe like even having your own kind of like sitcom? Um, sorry, I just had a moment. There's stand up and sitcom. Whoa. This is, this is revolutionary to me. Holy crap. Nothing's perfect getting the hot takes before anyone else. Has anyone thought of this? I don't think so. Hey, r slash shower thoughts. Hit me up. (laughs) (laughs) All right. (laughs) Y'all ready to steal a post? (laughs) All right. um, So, yeah, let's talk about how we can make the fresh... I almost said the fesh pince of Blair. <laughs> no, do it. That, That's it, though. That's our answer. That's where we draw from. That's kind of like where our yeah. perfection energy is going to come from tonight. For those, for those of you who have not seen the fesh pince of Blair, it is, um, I would have to say, objectively, the best YouTube poop out there. I think. I know. Th- I know that. I know that you might have um, certain uh, uh, reservations for. God burns I was about to say, for insurance it's, it's, money. It's fighting for first spot for me, but I, I will agree. As much as I love God burns down Equestria for insurance money, I'm putting Fesh Pins of Blair at the top. Welcome to Nothing's Perfect, where we talk about our favorite YouTube poops. Fucking um, bitch. <laughs> fucking bitch. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. Anyway, no, we're not here to talk about yeah. God burns down Equestria. <laughs> I think the Fesh Pins of Blair is really good. The question is, do we... Or do we just, like, do a little spray paint over it and just be all like, hey, this is the new Fresh Prince? It's only replaced with the all the silly jokes from Fesh Prince of Blair. Is that what we do? or are we- I want to have something original. I want to have something that's never been done before. If we're going to perfect the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, I almost too just said Fesh Prince of 
Prince of Blair. I'm um, telling you, it's that iconic. Which is weird because I also have such a hard time saying that name. It's like I almost say it, and then if I did end up actually saying it, I wouldn't be able to say it correctly. So it's just like this I never win situation. <laughs> um, yeah. But I wouldn't want to just take that and call it the show. What I would want to do is hire the person who made it to re-edit the episodes. I am right now Googling to see if uh, freaking Crobo Productions has a Patreon. A re-edited Fresh Prince of Bel-Air in the style of Fresh Prince of Bear- Blair. I told you, yep. I can't say every, it. Every episode is just a remade YouTube poop by Crobo Productions. Yeah. And, 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 and it's all new because it's, it's episodes that haven't been pooped before. They have not been pooped. But it's also in a familiar style that you can get behind and show your mom and say, Mom, this is for me. <laughs> what am I saying? What's wrong with me? All right, so let's, let's pump the brakes real quick. Because okay. as much as I think this guy is great, I feel like having this just be a long commercial for Crowbar Productions and Fetch Pins of Blair might not be the most well-construed idea. Okay, what do you think then? Um, I feel like, on one hand, Crowbar should definitely have his hand in the melting pot. Um, for the creation of this. However, I think we need to up the ante. Okay. What we need to do is we need to, um, cause like in the nineties, your camera quality isn't the best, right? We've, we've updated since then. Our cameras right. are really good. We have 3d TV. We have smell vision We got all sorts of new technology that can make these sitcoms from an A minus to an A plus. Right. We can read what's on Will Smith's shirt. Exactly. So what we do is I like your idea. We're going to get Crobo Productions to edit down each episode into making a whole new series in the Fesh Pints of Blair anthology. Why can you say that? How do, how do you say that? I say nonsense words every day of my life. I, I'm it's a, become I'm a, a second rapper. language. I rap things. How, how, how do I always get so tongue-tied over that one? Fesh Pints of Blair. Fesh Pints of Blair. I, I Fesh almost, Pints of Blair. Fesh, wait, Fesh Pints? Fesh, fesh Pints. Fesh Pints. Okay, I, th- I think it- Fesh Pints of Blair. Oh, it's because I was trying to say Fesh Prince. Fesh Prince of Blair. How do you do that? Um, maybe I should be the rapper. Yo, listen up! <laughs> Here's That's not a rap. That's, yeah, not, not rap. really. <laughs> I'd, I'd say that counts as a rap on the most, like, the most purified level. The most distilled form. Anyway. So, Crumble Production comes in, makes a Fesh Pints of Blair anthology okay. um, for every episode, and then the original cast comes back and okay. acts it out in the exact okay. way. Yeah, I, 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 I felt like that was where you were going. So... <laughs> Wait, there's only one flaw with this, I think. <laughs> what? I think the actor who played Uncle Phil died. Oh, no. Yeah, I think that... Oh, no. He should also be played. No, he should no, be no, played no, no, by no, no. Here's, Productions. Here's, no, no, no. Here's what we do. Here's what we do. Here's what we do. Okay. We um, we keep his voice clips from the edited versions. We have everyone else re-perform it, except for Uncle Phil, who would keep his original voice lines, and we would just borrow that really weird but cool live-action looking CGI technology from Disney that they used in like Civil War and Rogue One and stuff. And we just use that. One. Wait, when they use it in Civil War? They used it. They used it in Civil War. They used it for uh, Tony Stark at the beginning when he's when he's like, d- oh yeah, aged down. Yeah, yeah. We just put a li- we just put a little movie magic in there. 
I think that if you mix together the uncanny valiness of that technology at this stage, along with just the pure shitpost of Crobo Productions, I think you're going to get a magic money maker. You're, you're going to get something real special on your hands. On your hands? Yeah. What did I just say? On your hands. Fresh prance of Blair Air's hands. <laughs> All right, we did it. Cool. All right, Um. so... I was originally having reservations on um doing this bit, but I figured we have a bit more time to fill. I might as well give it a shot with you. Okay. There was a thing that we did where uh, I'm a big fan of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, and a lot of people have requested that we perfect JoJo's Bizarre Adventure due to how much of a fan I am. Right. And on my channel, there's a video where Jordan attempts to guess the names of some of the stands in um Joseph Joe's Strange Escapades. It's a weird show. A lot of weird things happen in it. And if you take things out of context, then you you get a really interesting ride. So I figured I'd come up with a game where I come up with a bunch of fake situations and you have to guess whether or not it has happened in Jojo's Bizarre Adventure. Okay. So so you, you so you'll say it and then I'll say like real or fake and then Yes. Okay. A man puts on a pair of glasses. And while wearing these glasses, he can tell who is telling the truth or lying. Hmm. It's, it's weird, but it's also, like, it's creative in, like, a normal way. It's creative in a way that I would, I would not be surprised to find on, like, Gravity Falls or something. So I'm going to say that's fake. It is fake. Okay. That is way too normal for JoJo's <laughs> yeah, Adventure. Yeah, yeah, I was, was going to say, like, that's, that's, like, normal, like, Disney Channel <laughs> cartoon creative. Okay, a man dives into a trash can and pulls out a rat. After stabbing that rat in the heart, someone notices that they have a stab mark on their chest in a similar spot. Also, they imagine themselves growing a rat tail. <laughs> Just because of that little addendum at the end, I'm going to say is true. It is not true. I made okay, it up. Okay, okay, okay. Good. A serial killer steals a man's body and then uses that person's son to blow up his enemies, but every time he blows up his enemies, time rewinds one hour. I think I've heard this one before. Is that real? That is real. That is oh, the ability bites the dust yeah, by Yoshikari yeah, Kira, and that yeah. is my favorite thing. Yeah, I might have accidentally spoiled that one for you. No, no, it's okay. It's, it's good. A bunch of people are flying in a plane, and one of them realizes that there is a teleporting coffee cup and they are attacked one by one by said teleporting coffee cup, causing the plane to crash. Fucking Ryan, I need yeah. to ask you something sincere. Yeah? Please do not tell me that that's real. <laughs> Good, it isn't. Okay. <laughs> I was gonna... Oh no, I was worried. I was real worried. A man has the ability to slightly adjust the ozone layer so people see subliminal messages that make them believe that they're turning into snails. That's real. That is real. Oh, no. <laughs> is it just like the bravado that I say it? <laughs> it's it's everything, Ryan. I'm not even going to, like, hold back. It's just cool. everything. It's unthinkable. A dude has a giant hammer, and he uses this to hit a battleship so hard that it flips over. A little too tame, I think. Is that fake? That's fake. You're okay. really good at this. Yeah, I need yeah. to come up with... Well, I'm not, uh, I'm not really good at it yet, but I'm getting there. A man has the power to stop time. He uses this power 
to fly away from his adversary, grab a steamroller, and throw it on him. Is that real? That is one of the most iconic parts of the series. Oh, and I a meme. knew it. I knew it. Yeah, it's Zawarado, right? Yeah, that's that Warudo. Yep. God. More specifically, oh, Roll the oh, yeah. oh, I know about Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, freaking, yeah, the dude's Dio. He does the re thing. I didn't know that was JoJo. Why is this show like this? Honestly? There are a lot of things that are from JoJo that I that didn't even people... know were from JoJo. Remember the to be continued meme? Oh yeah, I knew I knew that was from okay, JoJo. Yeah, that's JoJo. Um, I feel like there's some other JoJo memes that I'm missing, but regardless, um, wow, thank you for this bit. No problem. Um, yeah, I'll prep. I'll prep some good ones for the next one because there's there's a lot of weird shit that happens. In what do you want to call this bit? We'll make this like a recurring bit if you can if you wanna. Oh, stand by me. That's actually I think that's where the namesake for stands came from. Really? The song "Stand by Me." Yeah. Huh, is that really, the, is that the name of the bit? <laughs> That's the name of the bit, stand okay. by me. It's your bit, I won't. It's mine. Okay, yeah, okay, okay. Give I'm me sorry. my bit. I'm sorry, I'll give me, here, take it, slides it under the door. I just eat it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, um, thank you all for listening to this episode of Nothing's Perfect. Uh, we fought tooth and nail for our respective ideas. Uh, we have done cool bits. We've made some weird humor jokes this one. This, is a, this has been a wacky episode. Yeah, it's uh, crazy. But I, I hope you enjoyed it regardless. And if you did enjoy it, uh, we would really appreciate you telling people about it. Uh, so you can share the show and like talk about it, talk about what you like about it uh, using the hashtag PerfectedCast, which is also the place where you can send your own audience suggestions for us to perfect during the show. Once again, that is hashtag PerfectedCast. Um, but if you think that just talking about it wasn't enough and you want to talk to us directly and say what you think we can do better, uh, what you like about the show, just like ways that we can improve, give us your feedback. We'd really appreciate it if you rated this show on iTunes. Um, give it a rating, give it a review. We love seeing those reviews. I mean, like I, Ryan can tell you every, every so often I'll just like send him screen caps of reviews that I love seeing. And like, it's, it's great. So we highly recommend, uh, checking out the reviews, totally leave your own if you feel compelled to do so. And also here's another opt in bonus. Uh, for us and also a bonus for you if you donate to my patreon at patreon.com slash knitting giant beanies you can listen to nothing's perfect episodes a day early that is mondays every week except for this week i would like to very quickly apologize to the patrons uh because we couldn't get an episode out on time this week um but hopefully this will not be a recurring thing uh we're working hard to like get backlog going so that this doesn't happen as yeah. much but anyway thank you for your patience but normally yes you will get episodes a day early and if stated otherwise you can learn about any like potential mishaps or just any updates on the state of the show or things that we're trying out or anything like that uh by following us on twitter um i'm jordan and you can follow me at knitting gb on twitter i'm ryan you can follow me at, at chongo tweet on twitter or chongo blog on tumblr which is what i'm on more i, I have knitting giant beanies on tumblr but i i i I, mean, I, I mainly use that to do asks <laughs> so yeah but I, I've, uh, been, I've been slowly i've been slowly crossing over to the twitter side yeah it's twitter's fun i really like it yeah. anyway we love you very much and we'll see you next week arrivederci